new, 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 new. Take a dress. You're my baby. It don't matter if you're black or white. Jesse, you have the voice of an angel dipped in honey. Only compared to Mike. Only compared to Mike, Only right? Whose Mike. voice is like sandpaper. Well, he's got a pretty good voice. He is the king. Well, he was. No, but you said only compare. I said you have a voice like an angel dipped in honey, and you said compared to Mike, which would mean that Mike has a lesser voice. Well, now. You think his voice has gotten worse with the years? I do. When, when's the last time we did an album? Uh, he did that Jay Z song. I never heard it. Uh, it went, uh, f- fuck me if I can. You rock my world, you know you do. Rock my world. You don't know Rock My World? So Mike Rock was, My World, you know you did. And all them things I'm gonna give. But Mike was the king of pop, right? He was. Is he still the king of pop? Uh Yeah, because there aren't fucking kings anymore. There's like little boys of pop. It's like the Timberlake? arch No, like you, that's not even pop anymore. Justin Timberlake's like cool now. Like the, but, jo- but it's pop. the Jonas Brothers are pop, sir. Like, you know what? Do you no, know? It's, it's, do you know the plague that is the Jonas Brothers? I, I do, but that's kids' music. That's that's not necessarily pop. Pop is kids' music. It's popular like, music, and whoever buys. So Hannah Montana would be pop. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Like like the purest definition of pop, like popular music. It's what's most popular. Like they sell more albums than anyone else. But I think my definition of pop is a little. I think I'm going to pop you in the mouth if you don't let me get to the intro. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? I'm Matt Cohen. I'm Jesse Rivers. And welcome to Bagged and Boarded, the uh, headquarters for all things geek-related. Me and Jesse want to get to a few things first. I don't know if you tuned into our last podcast, episode one. um, All ten of you. All ten of you. It was was titled Race Relations, and uh, things got a little racy. Uh, You know, we were excited about podcasting, and we weren't really thinking, so um, me and Jesse would... Excuse me, I would like to issue some apologies. Because I don't give a fuck. Jesse doesn't give a fuck, and he really didn't say much <laughs> in the last podcast anyway, so this is on me. So, the following people and groups, um, sorry. Jesse, women, my family, Jesse's family, society as a whole, Kirsten Dunst, Sam Raimi, Topher Grace, people with heart conditions, military vets, John Cho, Shelly Malil, Shelly Malil's ex-girlfriend, Will Smith, DJ Jazzy Jeff, Seth Rogen, Christopher Nolan, Heath Ledger, Mentally Handicapped People, Ernie Hudson, Maggie Gyllenhaal, Orson Welles, Penny Marshall, Nancy Myers, Nicolas Cage, Don Cheadle, Asians, Indians, Blacks, and Jews. And, well, well and, anybody but... And white. I, uh, but no, anybody... We didn't but, offend white people. Well, I mean... So why am I saying Jews? Jew, Jews aren't white. I'm a Jew, though. Yeah, we're kind of white. Look at me. Well... Your, your skin is white or pale. But so, if, if, if white isn't talking about skin, what is it talking about? Well, it's, it, well, okay. black doesn't, you know what I mean? It's not an ethnicity, it's, it's, a, uh, it's a race. Well, it's a heritage. Would you consider Greek people white? Uh, yeah, I mean, Europeans. I'm Russian, that's European. Well, maybe you're white. I, that's a scary fucking thought. I mean, I've always, I always joke that I'm Jewish. I'm not really white, but as far as I'm concerned, I thought I was a Caucasian. I, I oh, we're here, we go again. Uh, <laughs> those apologies went to, just went to moot. As far as I thought, um, the races were originally broken down by the scientific types. There was uh, Caucasian. I'm gonna fuck this up. Negrozoid, Mongoloid. Yeah, which it sounds... I've never heard of that. <laughs> it's, it's the different... It's the skeletal structures which make the races different. That's literally what it is, and there were three of them. There was the Asian skeletal structure, the black skeletal structure, and the Caucasian uh, excuse me, skeletal structure. And that was how I thought they originally did it. So I think Jews are thrown into Caucasian... 
because we share common traits with so so would Asians be white? No, because they have they're that. I said mongoloid before. I think it's mongoloid, <laughs> and like I know that sounds awful, but Mongolia. So maybe it's not wrong. Uh, if, if I'm wrong, God help me. If I believed in God, uh, <laughs> no. So Asians wouldn't be white because they're they're a third uh, structure. They're a third race type. You know what I mean? But you're they're, white. I think so. You fucking crack. I'm 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 part black. Oh, okay. Well, that's all right. Guess which that's part? But I'm bump. I'm uh, talking about my yeah. schmackle. Yeah, not, yeah. See? Not no? Funny. No. Not funny? No. That's been my line for, like, years, dude. I years, got that one, years. and then I got on, like, a starry night. I'll go to abroad, and I'll be like, hey, look up in the scars. You see a... Uh, in the scars? <laughs> in the scars. Look in the scarry yeah. skies. Look in the... Uh, look up in the stars. You see uh, Orion's belt? And they'll go, yeah. I'll be like, you want to see Orion's dick? And it never works, because my name isn't Orion, and they always point that out immediately after. Uh, that doesn't work. Those are my lines, sir. You need some new lines. I'm, I'm working on it. I should watch that show. You ever see The Pickup Artist? No. It's a VH1 reality show. Only reason I never saw it. Only reason I bring it up is because uh, this chick I know roomated with a guy from the show. And he was a fucking shining example of humanity. Well, you have connections. He was one of the weirdest dudes I've ever met in my life. He, this guy, uh, let's not mention names because, I mean, there's no chance that anyone's listening to this. But in case in years future this becomes some kind of kitsch value and people dig it back up. Um, well, we'll be dead. In 50 years? Well... I'm 23 I, years old, so... Well, you'll be 73. You'll either be dead or not... Dude, I heard Ernest Borenine on Howard Stern the other day. Motherfucker is 91 years old. He says he still jerks off every day. <laughs> still fucks his wife. He was in Strange Wilderness, which even though it was horrible, like, it's a dumb pot comedy. So Ernie, Ernie's 91 in Rockin', sir. Look at Hefner. Hefner, yeah, that's... that's we're not defined... Cool. In the age of fucking modern medicine and Viagra, we're not defined by our age anymore. You know what it might have been back in the day why people died at 50? Not that medicine wasn't around, because they couldn't get hard and just killed themselves. I, I would kill myself. So now that Viagra's around, the life expectancy is, is uh, extended a little bit? Possibly. Possibly, right? I mean, that, that's the basis of life, right? Sex? Is, sex, yes. Uh, yeah, I would assume. Yeah. I guess penetra- penetration, right? I mean, you can't eat a chick out. I, well, that would be considered sex. Let's say... Let's say you lost the ability to, to attain an erection and you were married after 60 years. You and your wife could still make love, technically, by licking Nah, no. I mean, yeah, but no. I mean, what would be the point? We should call sex penetration, then. And drop off the shun, because we're, we could bring it to the streets. It's penetration. 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 I think that's what they call it in porn, actually. So the meaning of life is... Is penetration? Works for me. Why not? All right. What are we getting into this week, Jesse? Uh... Penetration. Jesse, I'm not talking about what we're getting into after the podcast. What we're getting into this week is, uh, we're just gonna bullshit about what we did. I fucking went to Disneyland two days ago. I've never been. had the third greatest time of my life. The other two times were the first two times I went to Disneyland. I'm a, you're, I'm you're a, a Disneyland fan. I am, I am a fan. I am a, uh, you've never been? Never been. I've been to Disney World, not Disneyland. Did you enjoy, uh, Disney World? Uh, well, I've been a few times. I did the first time I went. Uh, How old were you? Eight, I think. It's a good age for your first trip. And then I went again when I was 16. Uh, not that fun of a time. Well, were you into Disney movies as a kid? Like, all the animated cartoons and stuff? Did you have, like, fucking Winnie the Pooh sheets and all that? Well, I didn't, I didn't sleep with Disney characters, but, uh, I, don't... I, I, I did want to fuck Ariel. From Little Mermaid. Wait, everyone did, but but I still do. But explain what you mean, because you mentioned this before, and it, it, I don't believe it. Okay, when I was small, 
How small? Uh, seven. Yeah, so age. Maybe. Young. Yeah, young. When I was young. Young is the adjective. I, I don't remember. I, I had two dreams. The first dreams I ever remember having. I don't know which one came first. One was uh, Cujo. That your children could live in peace and harmony. What is it? Well, I didn't I had I, a dream. No. With my children. Sorry. Fuck, we got to get off the race yes, stuff. Yeah, MLK was home. a great man, though. But He was. He was. Right, continue about your dream. Right. Uh, well, one dream I had was... A, I'm such a fucking <laughs> asshole. Uh, Please go on. Uh, Saint Bernard, Cujo was the ringleader of Michael Myers and Jason Voorhees. The and, dog? Yes. He was I, the leader. That's a, dude, that might not be a dream. That might be the greatest screenplay idea I've ever heard <laughs> in my life. Well, it, it was a horrible dream. It, it was a nightmare. Um, but the other dream was I it had... The, wait, excuse me for a sec. I, like, I like to get into dreams because I think there's some uh, interlying meaning in there. Uh... Was it specifically Cujo, or was it a big dog? No, it was Cujo. Had you seen the movie? I had. At like five years old? Uh, seven, eight, something like that. Okay, I, right I know on. I was in school by then. So, Because I remember getting on, school, uh, getting on the school bus and telling a fellow school bus rider that... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they don't call them kids in Alabama. Well, You're like, hello, fellow school bus rider. Are you on your way to the elementary educational institute? Well, I was, I was telling him about my other dream about me fucking Ariel. All right, so at five years old, you had a dream that you fucked Ariel. And by fuck, do we mean... Penetration. Penetration? You penetrated at five years old? Maybe it, it, it has uh, evolved... Since that age, maybe. You're like, maybe, I fucked your doggy yeah. and I spun her around and shit. Maybe, maybe back then it was a kiss, but as I have grown, I remember, <laughs> I remember it as a penetration. But, okay. Uh, yeah. I, I, that word is going to fucking invade the zeitgeist of the society. But I had a, I had a dream of me and Ariel penetration. And at five years old. At, at seven or You eight, were like a sexually awakened that. dude, man. Well, dude, I, I, I lost my virginity at 12. I was, uh... Older than that, <laughs> we'll leave it at that. How do you how do you even know what to do at twelve, sir? I didn't. So how do you how did that work, man? How old was she? She Fucking was seventeen. 30? Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> she was seventeen. I wish you could see the double take, folks, that I just did. All right. Did All she right. Have, was she related or something? It's Alabama. Excuse me. No. She, well, she was related to one of my friends. Get the fuck out of uh, here. He lived across the street. I. uh... I stayed over at his house one night, and it was his cousin. She stayed over at the house the same night. His brother was out of town. I was sleeping in his brother's room by myself, and she came in. So I get on top of her. We're kissing. We're whatever. And she's fooling with, with my man parts down bottom. <laughs> with your man bits? With, yes. And all of a sudden, something just feels really good, and I don't understand why. I should why. put you in? Yeah, and I didn't know. Did I, you tell anyone? Well... How old were you when you realized? What, how long did it take till you realized what you had done? Well, after it happened. Bull. You knew you had fucked. Well, you I, knew I what, came. you knew that sex was penetrating. Dude, the first time I came, I had no idea what happened. I was on a. I remember specifically, I was on a bus ride in camp, and I was sitting with a chick. So obviously, I was hard from the chick. A, a fellow bus rider. Or from a fellow bus rider. <laughs> excuse me. Uh, it was either from the, the, the girl next to me or from the fucking bumps in the road, because at that age, you know, everything sets you <laughs> off. And either one bump too many or one thought too many, and I came, and literally, oh, fuck, I haven't thought about this Wait, with no help? No help whatsoever. I came the first time. It was, like, built up. I was also, like, 13, dude. I was old. Okay, all right. I, I was not, well, I was not, not a sexually old. awakened kid. Yeah, but I hit, well, I hit puberty yeah, way young, at, like, nine. 
So it was like five years of built-up semen. Can you imagine that now, dude? Bust a hole in the wall. <laughs> so anyway, uh, this feeling happens. I was in Baltimore, specifically, I remember. Matt to pull into, like, the Baltimore Marina where the aquarium is. And I remember, go- I hope my fucking parents don't listen to this. If they do, whatever. No, I really hope they don't. <laughs> um, I was like, oh my god. I was like, help. And she was like, what? I'm like, something just happened. And, I, and she was like, what? I'm like, I don't know, but like, something's wrong with my dick. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know what to do. Something's wrong with my dick. It feels like someone's pinching it or something. I had no... So what, you were explaining everything to her? Yes. That, that, that's a little, that's funny. I, dude, I had no fucking clue what had happened. And like, I didn't put it together like till a few months later even. Well, see, I, I had to put mine together because I didn't, like, I didn't wear a condom. I didn't know, I didn't know anything was happening. No, so yeah, she yeah. was like, I may be pregnant. Like, let's dump this whole thing. I didn't jerk off to, for the first time until I was like 15 years old, sir. I was about 15. And here's why. I remember being in camp and talking with fellow, fellow camp uh, bus riders. And, like, I don't It's really weird how fucking young talk always goes gay when you're in camp and shit. These kids were, I don't even remember how it happened. These kids were talking about jerking off. And I, somehow the topic came up, and I was like, I don't jerk off. They were like, you can't come. And I, was like, <laughs> I was like, I don't know. I've, ne- I've never tried, really. And then it went in my mind. I was like, holy shit, I've never tried to jerk off. Like, I've touched... I've be, I'd been getting hard for a few years, but I never knew what to do with it. I don't know if I remember. And then I remember specifically the first time. Oh, dude. I uh, went home from camp that night. And <laughs> this is so fucking funny. I'm laying in bed, and I get hard. And, and now in my mind, I'm thinking, uh, okay, so I'm supposed to do something now, right? So I turn on my TV, and uh, I'm looking for, for anything that'll do it for me. And I find, <laughs> I find scrambled porn. Like, real fucking scrambled. Like snowflakes, like blur coming like in and out. With, yes. Yeah. So, uh, I was so I didn't start jerking off. I watched the guy for a minute. I remember I watched them fuck. <laughs> I watched them fuck. I observed like a scientist, and I was like, "Wait a minute, that guy's doing it fast and repetitive." Whereas every time I'd ever played with myself in the past, it was like a little kid playing with himself. You know, you touch it, you fling it around a couple times, but there was no fucking jerking motion. Yeah. I was like, wait a minute. I, my mind almost went to a scientist for a second. I was like, <laughs> physics, mechanics. I was like, try it fast and hard. So I immediately went to the bathroom. Within 13 seconds, I had come. And all I remember is, A, obviously the first time you come is great. The smile on my fucking face. <laughs> not from the feeling, but from the fucking mental note of like, I can come. I know it. <laughs> yeah, I know I can come. I went to school the next day like the biggest pimp in the world. <laughs> Because that's what it was, dude. It, excuse me, it wasn't even camp. It was a camp party the night before the first day of school. And at that point, I was going into the grade with a fucking unloaded gun, you know what I mean? Yeah. I didn't know what was going on. That shit happened, sir. Uh, nothing ever came from it, because I didn't have any funny friends in high school, but uh, I was ready. <laughs> I was certainly ready. Well, you had your hand. That's the best friend you can you Now can that have. we... Yeah. Well, I, I've had some better friends in my hand, sir. Well, at that point, it's called a flashlight. I never had a flashlight. <laughs> a flashlight? You're not. You're not up on the flashlight revolution. I'm afraid not. It's a sex toy for males. It's uh, it looks like a flashlight, and on one end is uh. I thought you were just mispronouncing flashlight. Oh no no no, dude! I show you now. I show you that. Uh, it's a flashlight, and uh, on one end is a rubber facsimile. I think it's rubber. It might be silicone. Of a uh, <laughs> vagina, and you fuck the flashlight. That's pretty it, funny. It doubles as a flashlight, so like when 
you have guests over or your your rabbi or your minister. So you can just have it up on the counter. Or your iman. Yeah, they'd be like, oh, that's a perfectly normal I'm, flashlight. I'm afraid I never... Flashlight, excuse me. But then this... I never had rabbis. Or I'm showing Jesse right now on the old uh, interweb. This is a flashlight. A flashlight, sir. So it looks like a normal flashlight, right? It does. Look at the other end of it. It's a vagina. A vagina? Yeah. Like from Virginia? Virginia. Bringing that up in camp in the same few minutes is so odd, Jesse. It's like you're picking my mind for details that will make interesting podcast stories. I was a counselor for a year. In Virginia? No, in Long Island. Uh-oh. Okay, well... Shh, I don't want people to know where I'm from. In Anchorage, Alaska. And, uh, regardless, in Long Island, whatever, fuck it, I'm a Jew from Long Island. The secret is out. I was a, camp- I was a counselor for, like, um, seven-year-old kids or something. I did it because... Did you teach them how to jerk off? No, no, no. I went to Europe the beginning of that summer on a teen tour. I got kicked off in 11 days for getting alcohol poisoning in Paris. And my parents' uh, punishment was like, all right, fuck it. You have to go work at, at uh, your camp now. I was about to name drop the camp, but I'm not going. Uh, <laughs> West Hills Day Camp on... Uh, Wait, were you in Paris? Jericho Turnpike. I was in Paris, yeah. You were, you were in a camp in Paris? No, okay. Uh, I, went, I attended this West Hills Day Camp, let's call it, from like 5 to like 16. And from, like, 13 to 16, it was a travel program. We'd go away on trips, but then come back. Like, week-long trips. Summer before 11th grade, I went on a, what's called a teen tour to Europe with, like, 20 kids. We were supposed to go for five weeks. It wasn't, like, camp. It was, like, we had, we had chaperones with us, but it was basically a bunch of douchebag 16-year-olds running around in Europe. You know what I mean? No, my school never did that. Well, no, 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 it wasn't, dude, it wasn't with the school. It was, like, it was an expensive. It was, like, a camp. Oh, okay. I'm a fucking All Jew right. from Long Island. We have camps. Okay. So, uh, regardless, <laughs> wow, I sound like an asshole. Uh, a rich asshole. There'll cracker. be a retraction next time. Um, so I went to London. I went to Switzerland. I went to Amsterdam. Everything was cool. We were getting drunk, getting high. Uh, I had like eighteen glasses of red wine one night in Paris, and I woke <laughs> up in the hospital. And then I woke up the next day on the cab to the airport to fly me back home. Eleven days into a forty-day tour that didn't get refunded. So my parents were not happy about that. So their punishment was to make me work at the day camp that I'd went gotcha, the gotcha. summers before okay. that. All right. At that day camp, uh, I, this is all going back to Virginia vagina, sir. <laughs> I I was trying to corrupt little kids. I was I don't know what's wrong with me, man. A lot. Yeah, I, I was try, not corrupt in the sense that like anything perversely wrong, but I wanted them to like curse and shit. I was giving them funny shit to say to other campers. There was one kid, <laughs> there was one kid who one day, I don't even know how it started, uh, give me that loot, I, the entire camp, my entire group knew the lyrics to Biggie? Every, yeah. Seven year olds. Give me the loot, give me the loot. Every word to give me the loot. Yeah, yeah, that was how we rolled back then. <laughs> uh, so one camper, we got on this whole thing with Virginia Virginia. I don't know how it started one day, but every time I would look at the fucking kid, I'd go, Virginia, he'd go, vagina! That was fine for like a couple days. He started saying it to fucking his parents, <laughs> like everyone he knew. It became the biggest thing of my life that summer. So did you get kicked out of that too? No, not at all. I was like, a st- I, I, they loved me. I was like the favorite counselor. I got the best tips because I was. Wait, like, you got tips as a counselor? As a camp counselor? Yeah, dude. These are like fucking Jappy Jew camps in Long Island. That you know what I mean? Yeah, we're, we're from an entirely different world. The, yeah, it's like it's, I don't even know if they have this kind of thing in Alabama, like summer uh, camps. No, we we pitch tents. No, no, no. Okay, here's an inherent difference in what you're thinking that I'm thinking right now. And I've had this discussion with people. When I say camp, I don't mean camping. Okay. 
<laughs> in New what York and Connecticut and the East Coast and even out here in California, day camp is it's like school during the summer except it's not school. You pay for your kid sometimes a ridiculous amount of money to get picked up on a bus every day and taken to like a campus where they have football fields and swimming pools and basketball courts and all this shit and they do events and you have counselors. That's what camp is where I'm from. I've never been actually camping. You don't sleep over at camp. You go, it's from 9 to 5 every day. That's well, not camp. It's summer camp, that's, yeah. That's fucking daycare. No, it's called summer camp. You do it until you're 17 years old and where I'm from. Sleepaway camp. You ever heard of that? The movie? No, like the concept. No. What the fuck are you talking about? The movie, sleepaway camp. What do you... Yes, but just based on going to a sleepaway camp. I must Dude, not remember it. Do you... Okay. Yeah, but... Uh, any fucking summer movie, man. Those are called sleepaway camps. Kids... When the school semester is over, they get on a bus and they go to a they, they they go they don't go camping. They go to a camp for two months, summer camp it's called. But they stay there. Yes, but that's summer camp. I went to day camp. It's a difference. That sleep there. Okay, there we go. There's the inherent difference between sleepaway camp and day camp. They stay at sleepaway camp, whereas day camp you do the same shit they do, except you go home every day. Okay. Are we, are we, I follow you. Yeah, I follow you. Did I just change your fucking world, dude? Did you ever see Wet Hot American Summer? No. It's a really funny comedy uh, by David Wayne from from Stella and uh, the State with like Paul Rudd and Elizabeth Banks and like a lot, of, tons of fucking Amy Poehler, tons of comedians in it. That's a sleepaway camp movie. I didn't ever, I can't believe Camp Nowhere. No. Jesus, man, what do you do? <laughs> what do you do during the summers in Alabama? I watch movies. You stayed at home all day? Yeah. Parents in Long Island would not play that, sir. Summer is their vacation, too. Nah. They're so used to us, but yeah, yeah, like, yeah, dude. I've never, I never stayed home one summer in my life. I mean, I, I would do weekend shit, like, I'd do, like, YMCA weekend. I hated camp, too, shit. man. Camp is forced on you where I'm from. No, not me. Dude, I would have loved to have stayed home and just watch movies all day. They made me, like, play fucking volleyball and shit. I wanted to die. I mean, I would go out and do shit, but I, I was never sent anywhere. I, I was at home. Yeah, no, this was, like, 99% of people where I'm from uh, go to these camps, and there's like, yeah, totally. Most people go to sleepaway camp. I'm one of the few that didn't. Yeah, I don't think I would enjoy that at all. That most that's a, it's a place to like make friends and shit. Like most of the kids I know, like Maybe that's why I don't have they friends. still have friends from sleepaway. Yeah, that's sad. Or your fucking yeah. di- <laughs> your disposition, your your sullen disposition, Jesse. So that's that's camp. How do we get on that? Virginia. I still don't understand. Virginia oh, vagina. Yeah, I don't understand because Virginia. I taught the kids Virginia to say Virginia vagina. Yeah, Virginia vagina. Okay. There was another kid I taught to say. Uh, I am Sa- I I am one of I am Satan's minions and I am here to bring the end of the world or something that didn't go well over either. No, it wouldn't. Yeah, it's just fun to hear this shit out of little kids' mouths, you know. Well, it's fun for you. It's like what 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 did those darn kids say? What's that show called? The Bill kids Cosby? say the darndest things. Yeah, what is it? What would those darn kids say? <laughs> it sounds. Similar. It's close. Wouldn't it be great if on kids say the darndest things? They said really fucking darn things like. I want to fuck everyone, or like one kid walks up and they're like, "Hey, Billy, what's your favorite subject in school?" And he's like, "Murder." Pussy. Murder is funnier than pussy. Well, you would have been pussy, <laughs> fucking whacked out, motherfucker. Wait, how do we go from Disneyland to kids yelling pussy in vagina? Did we even talk about Disneyland? Oh yeah, well, we yeah. started. We started on Disneyland. I said I've never been. You, you haven't? I've, okay, we, <laughs> we've, we've discussed. We've this. definitely gotten to this. Uh, then we went to Disney. It doesn't matter, Jesse. It's a stream of consciousness type of show. You, let's not dwell on the past. Let's tread on the future, sir. So, no Ghostbusters 3? 
<laughs> no more Ghostbusters 3 talk. I think we've nailed that fucking nail into the wall. I just really slayed that uh, that saying there. Yeah. Like the proverbial dragon of the night. Speaking of proverbial dragons, Alan Moore, who worships a weird snake god. Uh, we talked about graphic novels versus trades on we last week's show. Yep. Uh, how I don't really get the distinction, and a friend of ours... Didn't, uh, we, didn't we discuss the distinction? Didn't we figure it out? We did, but then uh, we, I discussed it online a little bit on the ViewSkew message boards, and uh, a lot of people were not happy with it. <laughs> really? Well, a friend of ours named Brendan actually uh, linked us to a Wikipedia article on it, on the distinction, in fact, and Alan Moore, I thought, has a really great quote about it, which pretty much sums up my feelings on the whole uh, debate. Well, I have a surprise for you. What's that? We actually have Alan Moore in the studio today. Get the fuck out of here. I swear to God. Alan! Wait a minute. Oh my, oh my God, Mr. Moore. Oh my yes. God, it's such a pleasure to meet you. Oh my, he's shaking my... Jesse. He, Dude, I... I, he, I think he wants us to leave the room, though. He's, he's motioning we should leave the room before he gives his little... Uh, no, 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 no. He, uh, come here, Alan. Alan, come here. Ex- explain to these fine people the difference... Between. Well, I'm going to leave the room because I don't think I can take it, man. You know, I want to give Mr. Moore the, the most utmost silence and just my heartbeat alone would, uh, would, would mess this up. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to step out for a minute. All right, I'll take Mr. it. Mr. Moore, uh, it's a pleasure, it's a pleasure, it's a pleasure. Oh, my God. Creak! How you doing, Mr. Moore? Doing very well, Jesse. How are you? I'm, I'm good. It's uh, quite the honor to have you on our podcast, Bag and Board It. Thank you. It's a wonderful podcast. So, uh, we were talking about the differences between comics, trade paperbacks, and what have you. So, could you explain your take on it? Yes. This is an exact quote from me, Alan Moore. It's a marketing term that I have never had any sympathy with. The term comic does just as well for me. The problem is that graphic novel just came to mean expensive comic book. And so what you'd get is people like DC Comics or Marvel Comics... Because graphic novels were getting some attention, they'd stick six issues of whatever worthless piece of crap they happen to be publishing lately under a glossy cover and call it the She-Hulk graphic novel. Wow, that, that is amazing insight, Mr. Moore. Did you know I eat babies and do mescaline? I, I, I didn't know that. Only on Wednesdays. Does it work for you? It, it's, it's the new Atkins diet, Mr. Rivers. I, I, I noticed that you've lost some weight. I suggest you get on that. And have you seen my beard? The, sh- the sheen in it. I, I don't know what that is. It means it's shiny. It's a very shiny beard. Hold on, there's a little Jew coming in the room. Hold on a minute. This is Alan Moore's cockney brother, Jimmy Moore. Hey, <laughs> Jesse, stop tickling me. Stop it, Jesse. Stop it. Matt, please come back. <laughs> Hey, I'll see you later, you little Jew. Uh, thank you, Morris. Thank you, Mr. Moore Brothers. Wow, how did you arrange that? I, I called him up and asked him if he'd like to come over, and he said as long as I didn't go see Watchmen. And Jimmy Moore, too? Yeah. I mean, I thought he was unattainable. <laughs> well, we got him. Right Do you know he owns a laundromat in Brighton? I, I, I didn't know that. Laundromats are open when right during the day right now. How did he take off of work? Well, it's not day over there. He's... Oh my god, Jimmy, the Moors are time travelers? It's, it's on the other side of the world. They're teleporters. I think they flew. They took the red eye. Well, I think they stole my watch. Did you see a watch lying on the counter over there? I, I did, but, I mean, it's worth it. You met Alan Moore. 
Fuck Alan Moore. I met Jimmy Moore, <laughs> sir. Did you hear that Cockney accent? It I was so it. adorable. Wait, let me try to imitate it. I do a wicked Jimmy Moore. Hello, little Jew. Excuse me, miss. Is this the cue for the loo? I've only got two pounds. Hello, hello, governor. A lovely tomato for you today. What the fuck are we doing? Jimmy. Dude, I can't believe Jimmy just got in the room again. Well, Yeah. You have to close that door. You know he's four feet tall and that he can get over surfaces and into cracks. Everyone knows Alan Moore's midget brother, Jimmy Moore. He owns a super uh, super washing laundromat in Brighton. Okay. That's the title. <laughs> Jesse, I swear to God, if you don't stop fucking tickling me, I'm, 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 I'm going to send you into the green room with Jimmy and Alan. And they're going to make you do peyote and uh, cut yourself. Because that's the way the Moores roll. Did you know that he eats babies on Wednesdays? No. Yeah. I didn't hear what he said in here. It was in the hall. I mean, I cupped my ear to the door, but I couldn't really make it out. He's got that droll... But isn't Adam Moore your favorite comic writer? He actually is. That's a very good segue from a ridiculous skit we tried to pull. <laughs> uh, Alan Moore is my... Fuck you, Jesse. Alan Moore is my favorite comic book writer. Yeah, without a doubt. Uh, so you should have been excited to meet him. Dude, we're over that. I just said we broke the fourth I, wall. I That's why my voice dropped down to the sexy tone. Alright, no more comedy. Uh, Alan Moore is my favorite comic book writer in the world. Uh, what was my first Moore book? League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, actually. Did I just call it the right thing? Yeah. League of Extraordinary Gentlemen? The horrible yeah. movie? Uh, I like the movie. It's not amazing. It's Connery's last film, which is just kind of funny. Think about it. Is it? Has he done another film since? Tick-tock, tick-tock, Jesse's got to think now. I can't think of one. Nope, he hasn't. That was his... That was his uh, his final bow, sir. He retired after league. No, he's done something since then. He's he's had to. It's he, Sean Connery, sir, and he retired after League of Gentlemen. When, when was League of Gentlemen? Oh two. Oh two. He bombed extraordinary after <clears throat> League of Gentlemen. I mean, I'm sure he's had. There was a bombs. photo of him on a frame in uh in the new indie movie, but that was his last film. Yeah, look here, IMDb men, League of Gentlemen, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, 2003. He did a Russia. He did a James Bond video game after that. So I don't really know if that counts as a fucking role because I've been in five video games. So why... why I do the voice of Charles Barkley in NBA Jam 98 <laughs> through 2002. Watch. Give me the ball! That's that. Did that remind you of anything? Charles foul! Barkley. No. Foul. That's a foul, ref. Come on. That's a foul. That's that's the fucking Barkman himself. What's his name? What's his nickname? You know it. Charles Barkley? Yeah. I don't know. I thought you, like, watched basketball. This is the least Char- informed podcast of all fucking time. Charles Barkley was actually my favorite player for a while. And he's got a nickname. <laughs> like, like, uh, like, the mailman is, um... Carmelo. Carmelo, and, like, uh, Magic is Magic. Yeah. And Dr. J is Irving Johnson. Yeah. Uh, Barkley has a nickname, does he not? Like, the Duke or the, the, the king of the... Fuck me. Why I am I... Don't recall a nickname for... No, it was Sir Charles. So, that's why yeah. I said the Duke or the fucking King. Not Duke, not King, <laughs> not Prince. But Sir. But Sir, Charles Barkley. Have you seen the um, Saturday Night Live sketch with... Uh, have you seen the show Iconoclast first? No. You know what that is, though? No. It's on... Uh, you'd really love it, man. It's on IFC. It's when they get two filmmakers or like a, an actor and a director or like a writer and a director and they interview each other for like a half an hour like... It'll be two famous people like Scorsese and uh, uh, Paul Schrader or something. Or like, uh, I just made that up. Cause I don't, it, 
the one I know about as an example is Mike Myers and Deepak Chopra, which doesn't make much sense. Yeah. But anyway, they did a sketch on it of SNL. It was Charles Barkley and Bjork. It was the funniest thing of all time. She'd be like, I like to wear mittens. And he'd be like, you a crazy lady, Bjork. Let's go eat. And she'd be like, okay, Charles Barkley. I do a really good Bjork impression. Do you have any frame of reference for Bjork? I know Bjork. I do. She actually became an actress, Hello, Jay. I was in the movie Dancer in the Dark, (laughs) directed by Lars von Trier. (laughs) Dude, when people hear that, I think I'll have a career in Bjork impersonating. Lars von Trier, isn't he like a dogma director? Yeah, totally. Lars von Trier did uh, Dancer in the Dark. He did Dogma. He did Breaking the Waves. Did Dogtown? No. Yes. Yeah. Excuse me, he did, yeah. Did you like it? No, not really. Oh, I love Dancer in the Dark. It's the most depressing fucking movie I've ever seen I in my life. Seen it. It's Bjork plays a uh, a woman wrongly accused of murder, and then she gets put on trial, but at the same time she's losing her eyesight, and you find out that her kid is going to lose his eyesight too from the same disease. And Can she act? Yeah, but it's, it's, it's a musical. It's a weird hybrid musical thing, and she's playing a Swedish girl, so it's half in her original language. Did she wear a dress the whole movie? No, that was just... That was just my appearance at the Academy Awards. <laughs> <laughs> it's all so quiet. You gotta listen to Bjork, dude. So, uh, I don't you, think you, I've ever you heard her speak. You give me props on this. Lars von Trier did a really cool flick while, while <laughs> we were on the subject called The Boss of It All. I actually bought it on DVD a few months ago. It's a Danish movie. And it, it's a situational office comedy. It's about a company, uh, it's like a fledgling like IPO or something, and the owner of the company always talks about, can't answer any questions. The employees are always like, when are we going to get a raise? When are we going to get benefits? And the guy's like, you have to talk to the main boss. You have to talk to the main boss. And they're like, where is he? He's like, he's on vacation. He's in America. It turns out there is no main boss. He's just deferring all the fucking yeah, attention. Yeah. So what he does is he goes out and hires an actor to be the boss. To be the boss. And the guy gets like kind of too much into it. But the amazing thing about that film is it was shot, and I don't know the name of the technology... It was shot on a, on a computer program. Let me elaborate. Yeah, please. Uh, the shots were programmed into this software to a point where the software randomly chose camera placements and camera movement. So every shot in that movie is a randomly chosen shot from a computer software program. That's quite experimental. Uh, he's the guy He's the guy who made Dogma, yeah. you know, 95. I mean, it, and it, it doesn't take you out of the film at all. It, it actually works kind of well. Some shots are awkward, like, there'll be some really important monologues, and you'll get, like, a weird sideways shot of, like, a door. Does it follow, like, the 180 rule and everything? I don't, I don't know, is that a dogma stuff, or, or is that no, just the a rule, rule of general rule. filmmaking? Yeah, general filmmaking. Yeah, I, yeah. Like, crossing the line, you've <laughs> heard of it? Uh, no. It's... I went to film school in Burlington, Vermont. <laughs> it was cold, and there was a lot of pot there, so. Well, no, I mean, if you notice, whenever you watch a movie, if... If a camera, if it's an OTS shot, like perspective and stuff, as far as like yeah. a line, a line of perspective, yeah, yeah. Well, like if a, like if an actor is looking left to right, he always has to look left to right. Okay, that no, that is not the case in the boss of it all. Not at all. They're, like shots pop up out of nowhere because the because the computer randomly uh, programs it, so it's the continuity of shots isn't there. Okay, all right, it's like this. This is the line, just to make sure we're on the same page. Okay. If me and you are facing each other... Okay. If the camera is on my right, your left... I know what you mean. It's going to stay on the same... Through the whole scene, it cannot go to your right, my left. That's not the case with the boss of it all, which on IMDb, and I'm going to butcher this, is pronounced in its 
original Denmark language. Directorin for the tele. Which, uh, and it was a really good movie. I mean, it's got six out of, almost a seven out of ten average. I had to hunt it down on DVD because it is a Danish film. Yeah. But I'm a fan. Here we go. The camera, okay, this movie is shot with camera technique called Automavision, an innovation in which the camera angles and movements are selected by a computer. The media note explains the technique. A principle for shooting film developed with the intention of limiting human influence by inviting chance in from the cold. So there are odd framing and odd jumps and all that kind of stuff, and everything seems a bit unsettling. Right. But it, it takes the human aspect out of it to a, to, to a point where you remove even the chance of, of human negligence. You, there isn't such a thing as a bad shot right, because right. every shot is random, you know what I mean? But I mean continuity works and everything? Yeah, yeah, because they're talking. It's dialogue heavy. There's no, there's no action scenes. You know what I mean? It's shot like a sitcom. Right. Okay. I, with an action movie, I doubt it would work. I'm, I'm amazed. Or it'd it be Transformers. It. <laughs> <laughs> Just random fucking shots of elbows and shit. Uh, it really no, it works well. I mean, we should definitely watch it uh, if you if you get some free time. I'll watch it in the next uh, hour after this podcast. Because <laughs> me and you were sitting down making popcorn and watching. Directorin for that Hele. And on that note, we take a commercial break. We will be right back. And I am now Dracula. <laughs> I'm going to smoke a joint with Jimmy Moore and his brother. And we will see you in a bit. Pull the strings. Pull the strings. Pull the strings. Can't you hear them? The children of the night? What sweet music they make. We'll be back. What's up, Matt? Yo, what up, Jesse? Why the smile, man? Because I just had sex. You mean, like, penetration? Yes. Wow, dude, what was it like? It was amazing. Did you, like, did you, like, have an orgasm? Of course. Lucky? No. What? I just wish that there was a way that I could have an orgasm while reading about comics and comedy-related news, because reading is just so boring. Well, shut the fuck up, Jesse, because you obviously haven't read Comics and Comics, the weekly column on Quick Stop Entertainment written by Matt Cohen, the world's greatest lover. Tune in on a weekly basis for all the news and chatter about comics and comedy you want to hear. It's the sexiest column on the internet. Just don't let your wife know. She'll get jealous. Or your husband. Yay. Yay. All right, we are back on Bagged and Boarded. I am Jesse Rivers. Uh, Matt is apparently still in the green room with Dracula, but uh, I am joined here by Jimmy and Alan Moore. Uh, oh, that's good stuff. Alan, what the fuck are you doing? Oh, it's cold getting loose, Jesse. This is a bong hit, you fucking square. Mr. Moore, this is a drug-free podcast. What are you... Let me ask you a question, son. Ask away. Have you ever looked into the darkest reaches of a man's soul? What the fuck are you talking about? Then you'd take a bong hit. You can, you can shun your head and shake your head at me. You can judge me all you'd like. But I know at the end of the day, my snake god thuggish... Alan, Alan. Will support me through my life. What? Chill. You don't don't tell Alan Morty. Look, you invited me here, right? You, uh... Did you bring that on the plane? No. No, we bought this at a head shop on the way here. It was the most... It was the first thing we did when we got off the airport. Me and Jimmy like to party, Jesse. Are you a pothead? Excuse me? No wonder your stories are so fucked up. 
my stories are the realest stories in the world because they are channeled into my ears from the angel, from the angel demon that lives in my bedroom. Alan. Comics are just a way of expressing my message to the world through the medium that's chosen. My true meaning on this earth is as a prophet and as a scholar. Alan. Let me finish. As a prophet, as a scholar, as a heretic, as a martyr, as a mother, a father, a pie maker, a baker, a butcher, and a candlestick wax maker. And that (laughs) is why I am here. (laughs) I think the funny smoke is getting to Jesse. I can blow the hits in the other direction. But you said you're a candlestick wax maker? Yes. (laughs) Hold on a minute, got something in me throat? Oh, Jimmy... Stay away for a moment. Come on, Alan, let me into the conversation. Yes, this Roy, me brother, makes candlestick wax for a living. But don't you see the sign that says no smoking? That that includes marijuana, Alan. Listen, this is Jimmy for a moment. Alan's over in the corner. We don't listen to no American signs. We speak our own language. Esperante. Esperante. Yes, it was invented by Orson Welles. Really? Yup. So you're an Orson Welles fan? No, just the language he invented. Oh, okay. All right, so, uh, Jimmy, um, thanks again for being on the show. Uh, ask you a few questions. Um, how was your flight, first of all? What, what, Jimmy? Stop with the fucking bomb. That's how the flight was, love. We flew here in our minds and on Alan's pet dragon. Alan, love, come tell him about your dragon. Hello, Jesse. I was in the green room with Dracula. Is he doing okay? He's alright. I have a pet dragon. Would you like to know his name? Sure. His name is Christine. His name is Christine? Yes. But that's that's a girl's name. Isn't that terribly twisted and macabre? Well, it's... To have a dragon, a male dragon, named a female? Well, this is a little gay. That, no, not no, the farthest from the gay. It, It terrorizes the very reaches of the bone marrow. I'm, I'm sorry to say, Alan, it, does, it doesn't scare me. I work in the realm of fantasy and fiction no, and no, 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 pseudo-pornography. Alan, you live in the world of fantasy and fiction. I and live in a room of pseudo-pornography, that's for damn sure. Isn't that right, Jimmy? Alan likes to fuck a lot of whores. Not all of them is women, either. All right, Jimmy, that'll be enough out of you. Can I, can I ask Jimmy a question? I suppose. So, uh, Jimmy... Uh, yeah. How, how does it make you feel that everyone knows your brother and not many people know who you are? What are you talking about, love? Everybody in the city of Brighton knows me. Who else are they going to get the shirts cleaned with? Remember, I own the super mega clean clothes washing business. First Ryan of all, Brighton. Don't, don't call me love, first of all. Sorry. So, <laughs> second of all, I was apologizing for my brother. I, he, he tends to call everyone love. Well, I do. I'm just a loving person. Well, what can good. I say, Alan? Hello, hello. Are you okay? Yeah. I'm fine. We say hello, hello. Have you never been to London? But, but what about the people outside? I'm a lot of fag. And by a fag, I don't mean a homosexual. As you, All right, Jimmy, that's... Oh, Alan, let me finish. I don't mean a homosexual like they say in America. I mean a cigarette. You know, mate, a cigarette? Yes, I know what a cigarette a is. A mentholated cigarette? Yes. All right, well, I'm going to light one of those. Okay, Click. Uh, well, I'm, I'm, 
I'm I'm sorry, uh, Morris. Um, we're, we're out of time. I'm gonna have to ask you to leave. Where, where's Matt? Matt is currently indisposed at the moment. With with, with Dracula? No, not with Dracula. <laughs> Isn't that right, Jimmy? You tell him, Alan. What is he doing? Um, is he in the green room? Um. J- uh, Jimmy, have you the time? Yeah, I got on this new watch I nicked off. I mean, uh. Uh, yeah, uh, our cab is right outside. We gotta go back to the blighty. I'll see you later. Okay. Zoom! Thanks for coming. Okay, I'm gonna go to the green room. I'm, I'm gonna find Matt. I'll be back, ladies and gentlemen. Screech! Matt? Jesse! Matt? Jesse, please help me. I'm down here. Jesse, look. Are you okay? <laughs> The Moore brothers and Dracula, they tied me up and made me smoke opium and read Lovecraft. And then they wrote penis on my head with a sharpie marker. But wait, they wrote it upside down and backwards so only I can read it in the mirror every day because it's permanent. It's a sharpie marker. Wash it off. I can't. Alan Moore did it. You know how much this would be worth it a con? He never goes to cons, Jesse. So we're going to sell your head? No, just the skin from the front of it. Untie me. We have a podcast to get back to. Okay, okay, okay. Screech! Well, that was fun. I, I, you know, I, I always want to meet my heroes, and, uh... He, he was. He was interesting. That I mean, I I can see where the where the amazing books come from. Exactly. Really, he, he's a smart guy. He really is an inspired artist, and his brother was quite the gentleman. Uh, I would disagree, but his brother was okay. I mean, he was all right to me. Mm-hmm. He just seemed like a proper British fellow, you know. Yeah. Uh, that Eastern European guy saw him for a minute in the green room, disappeared out of nowhere. Uh, Could have sworn I saw a bat flying around though. Really? Yeah. Do we have Do we have pests in our under, underground underground podcast bunker? Well, we are underground. I mean, it's kind of the bat cave. Yeah, but we did extensive groundwork to clear this place out before we moved in. I mean, well, yeah. I want to be comfortable when I record these things. Well, I haven't seen I haven't seen any bats. I don't know what you're talking about. Speaking of which, comfortable that green room we have back there. Yeah, amazing. Really, it's like seven thousand square feet. Um, no chairs, lots and lots of pillows on the floor, so it oh, encourages okay. like a laid back kind of atmosphere right, right, before right. the guests come in. Right. You know what I mean? I, I think I, it, I think it worked out nicely. I'll check it out. I haven't been in there since we built it. You know, Jesse. Once the show's over, I say we go back there, uh, try to find that Eastern European gentleman because he was holding some uh, sticky icky. Let's and it. light it up and watch um, uh, that Danish film, The Boss of It All. Sounds like a plan? Sounds like a plan. All right, let's get back to podcasting. All right. So what the fuck is going on this week, Jess? <laughs> Elsan is a way to say that, if you want to switch it around. What is going on this week? Yeah, what's going on? In the news of comics, did you read the comics from this week? I did. What'd you think? Uh, what are you thinking about Final Crisis in, in, as a whole? Not just the current issue, but uh, are you reading the I'm, DC event? I'm, I'm reading the, the main Final Crisis book. I'm not As reading the, the tie-ins. I am reading the tie-ins because I'm an asshole, and I read way too many comics. And well, maybe you're not quite as confused as I am. Subject we'll get to next week, but dude, I am just as fucking confused. And I, was, <laughs> I, was, I was just about to ask you, what the hell is going on in the main title? What's it about? I have no idea. What is the crisis? I, I don't know. Does anyone know? That Grant Morrison's writing it? I think Darkseid is involved some somehow. Well, the new guys. What are the things we know? Okay, the new guys were, like, killed off. Right. Uh, so Libra, Libra is the new supervillain in in the DCU. You okay. know Libra yeah, with, yeah. with the per, uh, blue jumpsuit and the right. orange mask, 
who's somehow able to do amazing things. I mean, the first action Libra took on the scene was to kill fucking John Jones, the Martian right, Manhunter. Right, right. Like, that's quite an entrance. So much of an entrance that people think Libra is someone we know from the past, and I tend to agree. I have no idea who it could be, though. I, I don't know. No I, idea. I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm lost completely with the crisis thing. I just feel like I have to keep buying the main issues because I've started buying the main issues. Like, I missed uh, the, the Dr. Light. Murder. See, uh, Final Crisis Revelations mm-hmm. is one of the spinoffs, and I actually really, really enjoy it, man. It's is it um, better than the main title. Yes, one hundred percent. Oh man, I wish I knew. I'm not positive on the writer, but it's not Morrison. No, no, no. Okay. And it's uh, it, it stars the Spectre and the question, the new question, Renee right. Montoya. Mm-hmm. And in the first issue, I, I guess this is a spoiler at this point, but this was like three weeks ago, or four weeks ago, or whatever the fuck, eight years ago. If you're listening to this podcast in the future, because we're like. Big in the year 20, uh, what's eight years from now? Eight years from I'm really bad at math. 2016, ooh. <laughs> really good at math, math, apparently. But uh, in case you're listening back, uh, Dr. Light got fucking melted <laughs> by the Spectre. I mean, out of out of anyone in the uh, DCU, as far as villains go, who had it coming, you know, there, there are bigger villains, like yeah, yeah. Lex Luthor, you got your uh, your Jokers. Well, they're not going to kill off Joker or Lex Luthor. Or but that wasn't my point. You have big, you have bigger villains, but in the terms of vileness and sheer evilness of acts, like, have you, have, did you read Identity Crisis? What started this whole thing? Yeah. He, he's a rapist. Right, yeah. Like, Dr. Light is a rapist. He's the only rapist I know, like, and, like, I don't know about you, but, like, rape's a touchy subject. I mean, that's pretty yeah. awful. I don't, I can't really think of many other rapes. Well, it's, I mean, it's comics. In comics, that's what I mean, though. When I read, I actually, the book that brought me back into the mainstream fold was Identity Crisis by Brad Meltzer. I hadn't been reading mainstream titles for a while. I uh, had just gotten onto Hellboy a few years previously, so I was kind of sticking to the Dark Horses. I pick up a Ghost Rider book every once in a while. Did I say Ghost Rider? Did you watch Ghost Rider? The, the, the show? PBS show? Yes, I did. did you have your yes. own journal? <laughs> I did not. You need to play along next time to watch it, sir. <laughs> Regardless, uh, so Identity Crisis was the book that brought me back because I was shocked at not only the content, but like just the, kind of the respect for the older readers. I was like, holy shit, comic books grew up yeah. real quick. You know what I mean? Like that, that Identity Crisis stuff was like some pretty deep, uh, twisted stuff for a superhero book, you know what I mean? Well, I, I, th- I think it's because, I mean, kids don't really read comics anymore. I mean, they've, they've got their TV shows and their video games. And, like, and, what do they got? Uh, Marvel Adventures yeah. and the, the DC Junior uh, marks? I mean, I don't really... Which s- don't sell very much. Do you ever see kids in comic book stores? Never. When you were a kid, did you ever see adults in comic book stores? Yes. A lot of them, though? In in, in a comic book store. I mean, when I was a kid, I mostly went to newsstands. Oh, Walmart really? See, I never rocked that. When yeah, uh, I, I was lucky enough to grow up right near a comic book store for when I was, for my first run into comic book dumb. I wasn't I was a quite kid. as lucky. Jesse, you need to get luckier. It, it, it was, dude, it was Mobile, Alabama. We had one comic book store and the owner was an asshole. Really? Yes. Did they not stock, like, uh, Falcon books or Black Panther or, uh. I didn't say he was a racist asshole, which I believe he was, because I actually tried to get a job there, and I believe he wouldn't hire me. Because you were an indiscriminate race? Right. What race again is that? Alright, Jesse will remain an enigma until the next episode. But no, it it kind of hurt my feelings a bit. I mean, I was 16, I just started driving, and I was looking to get a job. And I was so into comics at that time, I was almost like, 
You don't even have to pay me money. Just pay me in comics. Really? Just give me my I, 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 I pulled that move. Yeah. Yes. So I go. I was like, this would be the greatest job of all time. It would be. I was like, please, this is heaven. comics all day. That's what you think it would be. Did you ever work at a comic book store? <laughs> I didn't. I worked at five of them. Like when I was living in Manhattan. It's name drop. I worked at five or four or three. One of those three numbers, it was that. I worked at St. Mark's Comics for like a day and a half. I worked for uh, Forbidden Planet. I worked for Midtown Comics. Okay, three comic book stores, but over the course of like two years. Okay. So, what are we talking about? Well, I was trying to tell a story about me not... Oh, so you never actually got to work at a comic book store. Oh, excuse me. Dude, oh man, those bong hits with the Moore Brothers really got me. (laughs) Um... My point being was it is not the heaven you think it is because, A, you don't get to read comics. Well, why not? Because you have to help customers all day long. It's a job, not, No, in New York, maybe. because Manhattan, too. It yeah, was the big, four busiest comic book stores in the country. Exactly. Probably. But in Alabama? I mean, they're... they're well, well there, therein lies place. the issue with the first store I worked at, St. Mark's Comics, which uh, I doubt anyone involved is listening, but if they are, like, it's the worst fucking comic book store ever. Uh, great commercial. Great commercial for him. I I don't give a shit. Uh, I worked there for a day and a half. It's like in a basement, and it was really hot. And like literally, I were, I was there for five hours at one point, and not a customer had come in in five hours, right? Okay. So I picked up a comic to start to read it, and I leaned back on the counter, and the guy's like, well, "What are you doing?" And I'm like, "Come on, man." He's like, "No, we stay vigilant." Vigilant. What what was there to do? I mean, I really hope something. Uh, fuck it. <laughs> fuck it. Uh, they don't remember me. I worked there for a day and a half. I, my job at St. Mark's was to watch people. There, it was a tiny little store, maybe the size of maybe the size of the hallway in, in our podcast bunker. You know, the left hallway next right, to the right. atrium, and so it's pretty small, right above the pool, the the second pool, the Olympic sized pool, oh, okay, not okay. the pool with the um, waterfall. Right. So anyway, it's pretty small. There were like five people on it a shift. They were open until like three in the morning, and I, my job, I was like the the fucking store goon. This the owner who shall not be named. Uh, had a thing with like people stealing. He always thought people were going to steal from him. So my job was literally to watch every single customer who walked into the back of the store, make pretenses of helping them. But the way I caught it, in not so many words, my job was to grill people to make sure they didn't fucking put comics in their pockets. Okay. Well, uh, I mean... So like that was my first experience in comic book world. After I was like, I told the guy, I'm like, dude, I will do, quiz me on comic book stuff. And he did. <laughs> He was like, "What is your Venom appearing for the first time?" Go, Jesse. I don't know. Fuck, was it 156? It was amazing. You don't even. Know. Wow, yeah, I, it's been a while, folks. And again, the Moore's brothers were rocking some good ganj. Uh, but he was like, uh, "What? When? What was the first appearance of, Wolf, uh, of Wolverine?" Hulk one eighty one. One forty one. Very close though. Okay. I think it might even be one forty because it was one of those uh, last splash page appearances, like, like cliffhanger. They do the splash page. Like, I go hunt down comics sometimes. They're like, first appearance at Deadpool. And I'm like, new mutants, whatever. And I like hunt it down and I get it. And I'm like, you see Deadpool for half of the panel in the back. Same with Eddie Brock. Apocalypse is like that. The, ver- the famous fucking Spider-Man issue that we can't think of, god damn it, uh, is not actually his first issue. The issue everyone knows with the McFarlane cover with Spidey covered in the symbiote kind of we- webbing. Right, yeah. Eddie, Eddie, um, Venom appears in the issue before that on the last page while Eddie's by himself. Do you know what I'm talking about? Are you, are you familiar with that run? I am not. Do you, do you know the origin of Venom? Wait, the, the space? And... No. Well, know, yeah, it's, it's a symbiote, but do you know how, like, what, who Eddie Brock was in Peter Parker's life? 
he, he was a fellow photographer, was he not? No, no. Okay, I'm thinking of the cartoon. He was a he was a journalist. Okay. The whole thing was um, there was a bad guy going around town named the Sin Eater. Eddie Brock claimed and staged, maybe it was a photographer. Yeah, he staged a photo making it look like he captured the Sin Eater, or excuse me, or Spider Man was the Sin Eater or something. And he got all the credit for it. Eddie Brock was the big news in town, and then Spider Man came out and and everyone. Uh, Dismissed that, whatever it was. Wow, I'm really drawing a blank. Okay. <laughs> it was either that Eddie Brock uh, photogra- uh, photographed the Sin Eater or caught the Sin Eater or said that Spider-Man was a Sin Eater. Either of those three things, Parker dismissed. Brock got so mad at Parker that he wanted to kill himself. That's why he was in the church that day. Gotcha. He was okay. there to kill himself. Peter was on the roof, the bell tower, the, the symbiote dropped down, landed on Eddie. Right, right. Love was uh, Love was made, you know what I mean? It was it was love at first. It was love at first. We, that's the thing missing from Spider Man Three. If we could go back for a minute, are we really gonna get into this? Again? Venom spoke in the uh, in the in the tense of I and me. Not we. Not we. What is that? That was oh, the best part about Venom. That he's yeah. bat shit insane. <laughs> he is bat fucking shit insane. Venom first appeared in the Amazing Spider Man Two Fifty Two. I just remembered that and did not look it up on Wikipedia. <laughs> What uh? What issue was the Punisher first? You cocksucker! I don't. You really one fifty something? No, it was an earlier issue. I know the cover. It was a yellow cover with Spider-Man in the sights of the. Yes, and 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 Frank kind of turned to the left. I'm really not going to Google search it again because we gotta like. So we're not issue people. (laughs) I don't know numbers, but we know covers. Okay, yeah. You know, Hulk one forty one, Wolverine, giant size X Men. Anyone? You know, uh. With them busting out of the old X-Men? Yeah. I, I, I know that cover. Giant size X-Men, sir. That was the first appearance of the new team. Or with Nightcrawler and Colossus. And, and Storm and yeah. Wolverine. And... I don't know. Uh, fucking Thunderhawk. No, it's not Thunderhawk, it's Thunderbird. Thunderbird, yeah. Is it Thunderbird? Yeah, Thunderbird. And was Banshee in the first issue? I think Banshee might have yeah. made an appearance, yeah. So wait, what's the difference between... Thunderbird's dead, right? Thunderbird's dead. Warpath, Warpath is his uh, gotcha. nephew or son or some shit. Okay, folks. We may be a little befuddled on comics, and that brings us to a wonderful point. Comics are fucking befuddling. <laughs> I don't know what happened. We're back in the day, classic comics, where it was... Actually, uh, Quick Stop editor Ken Plume brought up a great point the other night. He said, uh, back in the day, in the, the, uh, the good part of the Silver Age of comics, every issue was intended to be someone's first issue. So every issue of Spider-Man was some little kid's first time ever reading Spider-Man. It's impossible nowadays. No. How could someone cold pick up a fucking mainstream comic book? It's the most continuity-laden shit in the world. Which, isn't that the reason they even started the, the Ultimate line at Marvel? And then it even got Yes, it is. I, I, because it built its own random exactly. fucking continuity. The, and I remember they did, they did that with X-Men when, uh, when Claremont fucked up the continuity. Oh, fuck Claremont. Well, I agree. Claremont, oh, Claremont's beyond awful. <laughs> I will. Here's a, well, back, back when the, here's the a great endorsement days. from from Matt Cohen of Bagged and Boarded and Comics and Comics. I will read any X title by any author. I'm that much of an X whore, uh, except if Mister Chris Claremont is attached to it. Wait, didn't he do the Phoenix storyline? Yeah, back in the day, he was alright. He's he's, he's a, still a fucking '70s style writer. Have you read his shit lately? 
I, I, I tried to read his, his newer X-Men It's awful. Stuff, he did, he yeah, did new Excalibur for a while. Yeah. He tried. He was going to start a new series, and then, unfortunately, and no, like uh, I hope he's doing well now, he had a heart problem. I didn't know that. Yeah, right, uh, I, I, possibly a heart attack or a cardiac arrest or something, so he didn't get a chance to uh, do the series. Much to the um, dismay of his family and all his fans, but much to the happiness of X-Men fans the world over. Okay, so speaking of continuity and first issue, let me ask you a question. Yeah. Um, so the stories... The stories are good. Yeah. Um, if if they do a crossover, uh-huh. and then afterwards, yes, it's it's basically like nothing ever happened. All right. Do, does that make you feel cheated that you read the crossover? Or do, do I you? want all my shit in continuity? Yeah. Yes, sir, I do. Ab- so so you don't mind all the confusion of Marvel and DC, unless it's an Elseworlds book. Or or a fifty or a book that takes place on another planet specifically, or it's like a, or, or the manga take on something. You know what I mean? Or or like a definite uh, Avengers Invaders, which doesn't take place inside the world and it's a one it's a one off series. That's okay. They can use the characters in separate series. But w- but when they launch a series, like I don't get what the fuck is going on with Astonishing X Men. I I enjoy it, but is that continuity? With oh, I don't know. Do you read Astonishing X Men? I do. Have you have you thought of that? It. How could it be? Con- is Kitty Pride dead in the MU right now, or just in the Astonishing X Men MU? Yeah, because Astonishing by MU I mean Marvel Universe for all you geeks who uh, don't know six one six. Yeah, because uh, <laughs> Astonishing, Astonishing didn't go through House of M, and it didn't. It didn't go through Civil War. It hasn't been, and then that's kind of unfortunately in this day of in these days of event comic books. That's how I judge something in continuity if, if they're affected by the uh, by the, the overall. Not over the, not necessarily the crossovers, but the overall arc of the company at the time. Companies have arcs now, right? You know what I mean? Astonishing X Men doesn't seem to be bound by those uh, those things. I I personally think it's an out of six one six continuity uh, book. You know what I mean? Okay, quick. You know what else is that? What favorite continuity? I mean, favorite favorite, favorite continuity <laughs> when favorite. I move my hand to the right and it's still there. Favorite crossover. Favorite uh, company wide crossover. Well, event. Favorite event? You call them crossovers. I call them events of recent okay. of recent years. Uh, anytime. Me, I'm an Age of Apocalypse fan. I was a big Secret Invasion fan. Really? Yeah. I also like, like the DC Marvel shit, the amalgam stuff. I like Secret Invasion. I was a young idiot. Like the Beyonder. Wait, Secret Invasion. No, yeah. the Secret War. Excuse so me. Secret Secret Invasion is going on now. We're gonna delete that last part. So don't sound like an asshole. No, Secret War. Yeah. Secret Wars. Okay. All right. Oh, yeah. I, I was an Age of Apocalypse. I didn't like so much because I, I didn't. Uh, it was weird seeing all the characters like different. That's and what stuff. I liked about it. I, I like my X Men, X Men. See, I was, I was and not. I like my women uh, tall. <laughs> I wasn't an amalgam fan because I thought the Marvel DC Marvel versus DC thing. Look to was, your left in our uh, podcast bunker. We have a ninety um, foot wall full of trades. Exactly to your left, there are uh, three amalgam trades, which you will be taking home with you tonight. <laughs> No, I, I read them. And you will be discussing them next time and how badass they are, dude. I like, what, what was it, Dark Claw? That Wol- was Batman Wolverine. Wolverine. What about Wolverine versus Lobo? Like, the thing that started the amalgams. It was stupid. It was. The nice. Marvel versus did DC you vote? Did you vote? I did. Did, did everything you want to happen happen? No, but I did don't. Did you cry? Well, no. Well, you should have. I, I thought Hulk should beat Superman. I agree. Superman is, is the most outdated, played out fucking cheeseball character there is. Well, I mean, DC goes by fantasy, where Marvel goes by science. Wait, Jesse, Jesse, help! Help, Jesse! Yes. 
DC does suck, as does Marvel, as do all American comics as a whole, as do all Americans, as does everyone living in the Western Hemisphere. The only people worth a goddamn are the snakes, the sinners, and the candlestick wax makers. This has been Alan Moore. This is Jesse Rivers. And we have been bagged and boarded. And it's been real, Governor! Yeah! One, two, three, four! Get up, get on up! Get up, get on up! Stay on the scene! Get on up, like a sex machine! Get on up! Yeah.